Hello and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey. If this is your first time joining us, you can check out past episodes on SoundCloud or iTunes.com. Search Jillian Pelkey Activate. We're going to pray and get right into the Word of God together. So would you bow your hearts to me? God, I thank you for this glorious opportunity to dive into your word, to hear your heart, and to hear more about who you are. And God, I pray that you would unstop every ear, you would uh, soften every heart, that God, we would hear and know you, that God, we wouldn't uh, go through the motions of just listening to something, but God, we would hear your heart. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me, you would speak to each and every person listening. We pray this by the power of your name, Jesus. Amen. Have you ever asked yourself the question, Am I doing this right? I feel like we all have at some point or some juncture in our life, whether it be about relationships or finances or or raising our kids or marriage or um, anything, really. Am I doing this right? You look at the million different paths you can take as a human being on this planet. (laughs) The million different places you can go on vacation or go out to eat or uh, take up a hobby. There's a million options and there are moments in each faction of our lives where we say, am I doing this right? Did I choose wisely with all the choices set before me? Did I choose the right thing? Am I doing this the right way? I want to talk today not about salvation, but what comes after salvation. When we get uh, saved, we've given our lives to Jesus. We say, God, I believe that you're real. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross of Calvary for my sins and as, a, as an offering for me to take my sins upon you. And God, I believe that I'm forgiven and set free from the consequences of those sins. And now I want to live for you. That's salvation. Salvation is the realization, the acknowledgement, the confession of what God has done through His Son, Jesus, the freedom that we now have. I want to talk about what comes next. Am I doing this right? Am I doing this Christian life right? I want to look at the book of James in chapter 1. And in the NIV, it says, it starts off James chapter 1, verse 1. It says, James, a servant, of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He identifies himself as a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the message version, it says, I, James, a slave of the master Jesus Christ. When we ask ourselves, am I doing this right? We can look at James and we can look at how he identifies himself first. He identifies himself as a servant of God. Let's take a look for a moment. What does it mean to be a servant? When we think about a modern-day servant, uh, immediately my thoughts go to a wait staff at a restaurant and whether or not they're doing their job well or not. My husband and I, at the beginning of our marriage, really didn't have much uh, income. And so when we would go out to eat, we would joke around saying, you know, we don't go out to eat very often and it's so special to us. My husband would say, we should just go up to the uh, person at the counter and say, hey, we'll wait for your best waiter. We will sit here and wait until that turn, you know, his turn is, is again, because, or her turn is again, because it means so much to us to have good service. You know, we're here for a, for a date night and we never get out because we, uh, both of us had been uh, on a wait staff before. We knew what it was like to have great service and it drove us, both of us, it would drive us nuts to have someone who, you know, wouldn't refill our water or just, you know, miss different steps. And we, we just thought if we could have a good waiter or waitress like that would make our night and um 
I, I look at that as, as someone who is serving with joy. You've had uh, waiters or waitresses, I'm sure, that have uh, not cared about their job, have not liked what they've done, who have taken their sweet time, and you've seen them go on break and come back before they came back to your table. I'm sure you've seen good waiters and bad waiters, and we can very easily identify them. A lot of it has to do with attitude. A lot of it has to do with uh, timeliness. So I don't think that our relationship with God is like we're a waiter or waitress and, and he is the one we're serving. But when we look at service, we can look at, at a waiter or a waitress and, and think those similar things. Because when we identify ourselves like James, when we identify ourselves that we are a servant of God, we need to look at what does that actually mean or what does that look like? And we're not talking about salvation here. We're talking about after salvation. A servant relinquishes their rights, even uncomfortable ones. A servant will relinquish their rights, even uncomfortable ones. So there's moments where you can demand things, but to serve God better, you don't demand your own way. You don't demand uh, your preferences. You say, God, I'm here to serve you. Just like a waitress or a waiter doesn't say, no, I want you to choose chicken over steak. That's what I like better. No, you listen to what the person asking you to do something says. You write down their order and you go and you fulfill it. And you bring it back with a good attitude and you bring it back on time. And so with, with Christ, we relinquish our rights. We come underneath the authority. He, we are servants. He's the master. To be a servant, you work. To be a servant of God, you do work. The book of James is full of talking about how it's not enough to just have faith We have to actually put our faith into action. In the message version of of the book of James, it says that if we have faith apart from action, if we separate the two, it's like having a dead corpse. It's like separating the head from the body. Faith and works goes, goes together and brings life. So we can talk about God all day long and we can talk to each other about God all day long. But if we don't put into action the love of Jesus, if we don't put into action the things that he's asked us to do, if we don't put into action good attitudes, talking kindly about people, if we don't put into action the good deeds that he's asked us to do, then we might as well be like the demons because they even believe in God. They even speak about God. But it's our action that puts our faith in into a, a, a different sphere. It, a sphere. it puts our, our faith to life. It gives feet to our faith. It helps us to act out what we say we believe. We could say all day long that we love children. We could talk about children. We could talk about their development. We could talk about how much they make us smile and how much we love their innocence. But if we never hang out with kids, then all we're doing is talking and it's, it, and it's hot air. Faith without our action put to us is just a lot of talk. And so to be a servant, it means to do work. It means to give up our rights, even uncomfortable ones. And to be a servant, we relinquish our schedule to the master. You know, I mentioned a waitress who takes a break in the middle of serving your table and doesn't come back and just hopes everything's okay. A lot of times we do that with God. We just take a break. Our schedules have to belong to the master Jesus. And nine times out of 10, my schedule 
The way I would put my schedule does not align with what God has asked me to do. A lot of times he interrupts and says, I want you to stop and help that person. I want you to turn your car around and go that way. I want you to stop and talk to that person. Our schedule has to be relinquished to the master. We have to do work, put feet to our faith. We have to relinquish our rights, even uncomfortable ones. And also as a servant, we have to know who God is and who we are. We have to know what our role is. Our role is to be a servant and to serve a master. Not for us to be the master that sometimes confers with another master. No, we are the servant and he is the master. He is supernatural beyond us. If we could come up with the things that God could come up with, then we would be God, but we are not. He is beyond us. He knows more than us. When we recognize that, when we come under submission to God, the Bible says the devil will flee from you. But when you're submitted only to yourself, the devil, devil knows that he can get at you. We need a supernatural God. We need to submit ourselves to God and the devil will run away. When we come under servitude, when we come under service to the king, everything changes. So when we ask ourselves, are we doing this right? Have we relinquished our rights, even uncomfortable ones? Are we doing the work? Are we actually putting feet to our faith? Are we on God's schedule? Is he able to interrupt anything at any moment because he's in charge? Are we obeying him? And do we know what our role is? That God is God and we are not. See, in our lives, there are three ways that we can serve. We can serve God, period. We can serve ourselves, period. Or we can serve the world, period. There are so many areas of our lives that need to come under submission to something. And it's submitting to ourselves, it's submitting to the world, or it's submitting to God, but it's submitting to one of those things. In our relationships, our finances, our life goals and decisions, in our marriage, in our parenting, in our occupation, are all of those things submitted to God. Do my relationships belong to God? Do my finances belong to God? Do my goals belong to God? Does my marriage belong to God? Does my parenting belong to God? Does my job belong to God? Or do those things belong to myself? Are my relationships, my friendships for my own gain and my own joy and my own building up of myself, or are they to glorify God? Are my finances for myself? In my coffee runs and my uh, subscriptions to Netflix, are my finances God's first? Are my life goals mine? Things that I prefer or the things that God has asked me to do? Is my marriage God's or is it serving me? Is my parenting unto the Lord? Or is it unto what I feel like that day when I wake up? Or the angry mood I might be in? Or the uh, irritation I may feel? Or is my parenting under the uh, direction of God? Is my job God's or is it just to gain money and for my own needs? And the other place that we can put all this stuff under is the world. That other people say to do such and such and we listen. That uh, social media teaches us something and we follow it. I heard that this person's doing it, so I'm doing it. This is so common among human beings. This is human nature to do what somebody else does because we all ask ourselves the question, am I doing this right? And so we look to the person next to us, well, how are they doing it? Okay, I'll do it that way. 
I'll do my friendships like the world tells me to do friendships. That if they're nice to me, then I'll be nice back. But if they're mean to me, then forget them. That's what the world teaches us. That's not what God teaches us. The world will teach us that our finances belong to vacations and bigger iPhones. The world will teach us that our life goals have to be ones to elevate ourselves and not other people. The world will tell us that our marriage is good only if it's convenient and bringing joy to us. The world will tell us that parenting belongs to the school system and the daycare. The world will tell us that our job is just to gain prestige and money. But God's ways are so different. Who is the master of your life? Is it the world? Is it yourself? Or is it a supernatural God who knows more than we could ever even imagine in our wildest dreams? Is it a supernatural God that says, come and do all these things my way? James goes on to talk about what happens when we have what I call dual relationships or keeping your options open. As Christians, and I'm not talking about salvation, I'm talking about people who are already under the the auspices of, of, of being a Christian that would say, yes, I believe in God. Yes, he is my savior. Yes, he's taken away my sins. And yes, I read my Bible, go to church and pray. God has control up to a point, and then I, I have a dual relationship. I'm serving myself and God. I'm serving the world, myself, and God. We come up with these conglomerations where we're holding hands with the world, we're holding hands with ourselves, and we're saying, God, I'll give you this to a point, but I really got to take care of myself. God, I'll give you this to a point, but I really want to listen to what my neighbor's doing and do what they're doing. Have we submitted ourselves to the place where we are a servant, where we have relinquished our rights, even uncomfortable ones in each one of these categories, that we, have, uh, we begin to do the work that God has set out for us to do, that we're not on our own schedule, that we're obeying him and knowing who he is and who we are. But we have these dual relationships where we're serving God and the world, God and ourselves. We're keeping our options open. And the Bible teaches us when we keep our options open, it's like we're adrift at sea. It's like we can be tossed back and forth when any kind of trial comes our way. We will run to any of the other things besides God or we'll run to God and say, why are my relationships not working out? And the answer always is because you haven't done it God's way, because you've done it your way and God's way. When trials come in our finances, we run to God and say, God, why is it that I have no money? And he'll tell you, because I asked you to give money to the poor people and you haven't done it. Because I asked you to give to missions and you didn't do it. Because you saw that person that needed help next door and you didn't help them. Because you didn't do it God's way. You did it your way and a little bit of God's way. You tipped your hat at God. You looked out of the corner of your eye at God, but you really went the direction you wanted to go. You were taking that long 20-minute break in the middle of, of waiting on a table, and God said, no, I want you singularly focused on what I've asked you to do. In James chapter 4, verse 4, it says, to be a friend of the world is to be an enemy of God. If you're taking notes, could you write that down? To be a friend of the world is to be an enemy enemy of God. That's pretty bold. That's pretty brazen. That's pretty black and white. To be a friend of the world, to let the world be your master is to be an enemy of God. Because God is not of this world. He's beyond it. He's supernatural. And so if if we come under the auspices of doing what the world does, doing what social media tells us to do or other people tell us to do, then we are not a friend of God. To be a friend of God is to be a servant of God. 
The Bible says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And that seems pretty harsh until you know the God that you serve. To know the God that we serve is the God who gave us life. The Bible in James, it teaches us that we are his first fruits, that we are the best of his creations, the the apple of his eye. He loves us. We are not just a waitress at his table. We have a relationship with him where we can call him Abba, Father, Dad. We have this relationship with God that goes beyond what traditional master and servant goes. He says, you can be my friend. I will teach you and tell you the reasons we're doing things. I won't just command you to do them. I will teach you. I will fashion you and form you. I, God says he is like a potter and we are the clay and he forms us for purposes. Now, if we look a little bit beyond, James says, I am a servant of God. And then right there in the next part, he says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. James, a servant with a master, has a voice to the world. A servant with a voice. You know, when the Lord revealed that to me the other day, I wrote it down a bunch of times in my journal again and again, a servant with a voice, a servant with a voice, a servant with a voice. James, because he knew how to serve God, because he made God his master, because he knows who he is, a servant of God, a servant of Jesus. He now has a voice to the known world. He now has a voice thousands of years later because he is a servant, because he laid down his life for God. I think of Mother Teresa. She was a servant with a voice. She wasn't a servant because she was, a wa- she was wise. She wasn't a servant because she earned degrees. She was, uh, had a voice because she was a servant. She had a voice because she laid down her life for other people. What God told her to do, she did. The world told her to do something different. The account of her life uh, shows her having to leave different monasteries because she didn't do what they wanted her to do because her heart was to serve God more than it was to serve the people there telling her what to do. She wanted to serve humanity. To look into what God has for your life, it's beyond what you can come up with. The best plan that you can come up with for your relationship, finances, life, job, marriage, parenting. God has a better plan. Do you believe that? I do. I believe that if I surrender myself to God, I will have the best marriage. A better marriage than I could come up with. If I tried every tip in every book, would get me so far, but to listen to Jesus transforms everything. He's beyond us. I've told the story a million times, and I'll, and I'll continue to tell it, tell it. There was one day where my husband was sitting down after a long day on the couch with his feet up, and the Lord spoke right to my heart, and we had been uh, at each other. My husband and I had just been at each other, and the Lord spoke to my heart, go take off his shoes and put on his slippers and tell him you love him. The world would tell me no. Myself would tell me no, but God said it, and it was a transformational moment in my heart to serve my husband, to love my husband. 
And it seems like a simple thing and it might not be a, you know, for each and every person, God didn't tell you to do that in this moment. He told me to do it in that moment long ago. And when I took off my husband's shoes and I put on his slippers and I said, I loved you, something switched in our hearts. God melded us together in a beautiful way. And that wasn't the fix all to our marriage. But when you listen to God and when you do things his way, it's a living, breathing relationship, and that's what's so beautiful. It's not just the waiter or waitress relationship with the, uh, the customer. It's so much more beautiful than that. It's a friendship with God where he teaches you and he loves you and he gives you all. Peter says that he'll give you all you need to live life and to live it his way. Jesus says he came to give us life abundantly, which is more than we can provide for ourselves. In a moment, our way can crumble. In a moment, our job could be lost. In a moment, things could happen in our lives. But God promises that if we listen to his voice, that he'll see us through. And not only will we be a servant, but we'll be a servant with a voice. A servant with a voice. Because as we do things God's way, the world takes notice because it's out of this world our selfishness begins to lessen and even die off. And we're transformed by the gospel. We're transformed by something supernatural. We're transformed by Jesus. He becomes our everything. Not just our filter. He's our everything. Not just something we pass our decisions through. Something that's a continual relationship day to day. We're trained by God. We're loved by God. We're known by God. And we begin to be able to trust that He has our best interest in mind even more than the world has our best interest in mind. Oh, so much more than the world. He has our best interest in mind so much more than we do for ourselves. We think something is good for us, but God knows what's even better for us. And so today, the question is, am I doing this right I want you to, f- to really search your heart and say, do I have dual relationships? Am I trusting God and myself? Or have I given complete control to God? Am I trusting God and the world and others' opinions? Or have I put that to death and now in every area of my life, God reigns. And I have this relationship with Him where I listen to what He says. Am I serving just myself? Am I serving just the world? Who do you serve? If you will lay down your rights and acknowledge that God is supernatural, bigger and and wiser than you, if you will relinquish your rights, even the uncomfortable ones, if you will commit yourself to doing whatever God says to do, doing the work of the ministry, which means doing the work of love towards humanity, not on your own schedule, but obeying and knowing who God is, then everything will be transformed. You know, I really like to take my Bible and go read the Bible. Places where people are. People that don't look like me. People that don't act like me. Because I can get very comfortable thinking about and talking about God. In my own home, in my own church, in my own comfortable areas. But many times I'll take my Bible down to the middle of the city, in the the library in the middle of the city of Utica. And I'll sit there. And reading the gospel with the background of humanity changes everything. 
So as I'm writing notes about the things that I'm reading in the Bible, on the top of my page, I'm, I'm writing things, lady with no shoes, man making drug deal. This is humanity. This is who this is written to. It's, it's to the lost, to the hurting, to the dying. And I could sit in my house all day long and talk about these great things. Well, that's fine. But until I put it into action, until I put those things into action with real humanity around me, then it's just talk. Like I mentioned before in the message version, it says we'll, we're like a corpse. But to have true life, we bring together our faith and our action. We could talk about God all day long. We could read the Bible all day long. We could know it and memorize it. But until we put it into humanity, until we put it into action in our relationships, and and until we listen to the voice of God and go and do the things that he's called us to do, then it's like a corpse. It's not alive. It's in serving. It's in doing the thing that God told us to do, that life is birthed inside of us. There's a fire birthed inside of us. And as you serve, God will give you a voice. But we don't serve to get that voice. It just happens. And when it happens, we're ready for it because we're not there to shout how great we are or how great the world is. We're there to shout the glory of the living God because we know the only reason we got to the place that we got is because we became less and he became more because God was exalted and we put ourselves under his servitude. Yes, I am a servant. Yes, I am a slave. I'm a slave to one who calls me friend. I've given up my schedule. I've given up myself to one who was bigger and wiser and has my best interest in mind, even more than I could for myself. So today... Would you put aside all dual relationships? Will you put aside every other master in your life? And will you say, God, you be my master. God, I'm ready to listen to you. In order to listen to God, you need to spend time in his presence. In order to have God as your master, you need to take time, make time, carve out time. Be all about the time that you spend with your master. Otherwise, you're giving yourself your own directions. And you're masking it as if it were the Lord. But you need to spend time with God to hear what he would say. So that when God speaks, we would be quick to listen, quick to obey. The things in my life, the ideas of things that I do with my time, they've come from Jesus. I couldn't come up with them. I have a list of crazy stories. And they've all come from Jesus. He told me to go places, to do things, to be around certain people that I never would have met or come up with on my own. But as I say, God, whatever you ask me to do, I'll do. Whatever you, you order me to do, God, I will be quick to do it because I trust you. I trust him because I've spent time in his presence. I've trust, I trust him because I've listened to what he says and it works out. He says, go back and talk to that person. I go back and talk to that person. There's amazing things that could happen. So today, if you ask yourself the question, am I doing this right? The only way to be sure that you're doing this right is if you're spending time with Jesus and you're listening to him in every aspect of your life, that you are a slave to him, that you are a servant to him, that you've relinquished your rights and you come under the care and the direction of your master. And your master calls you you're his child. He created you as the best of his creation. You are the apple of his eye. You're his. You're his beloved. He's, he's a loving father. 
At the same time, he's the one that tells us what to do. Will you bow your hearts with me? Jesus, we thank you for who you are, that you are not just a God who's a ruler with a strict word for us, but you are a God who loves us, who wants the best for us and the best for humanity. God, you came to save us. And God, you came to set us free. You came to give us life abundantly. And God, I pray for every person listening that they would step into abundant life, that God, we would relinquish our rights and we would listen to what you would say. We would be on your schedule. And God, I pray that you would swing wide open doors of service for us. And God, as we serve, I know that you'll give us a voice to tell other people about how great you are. God, I pray that we would become less, that you would become greater. God, I pray that our Christianity, our Christ following wouldn't be dead. It would be alive. That God, we wouldn't just talk about you. We would live for you. We would work for you. We would do the things that you call us to do. Help us to unstop our ears to hear you speaking to our lives. God, I thank you for this adventure. I thank you for this adventure of following you. And God, I pray that you would release your children, God, to serve you. Help us, God, not to serve ourselves or the world, but to serve you. God, I pray that you would give us peace that passes all understanding. Let it guard our hearts and let it guard our minds in you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.